Hello and welcome to an all new Marvel cast, Explosion X Hub of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCU and beyond from Avengers and Defenders to Dalt, Kendall and Jimmy Natal. My name is Ashley Hobley. Joining me today is Ultimate Kieran Marchant. It is I. Hello, comic book fans. And the astonishing Neil Blight. Hello, sing, sing. I think I did that last time. And he's like, make fun of me. Because it was like, swip, that's it. Yeah, because it sounds like a Wolverine noise, but it's supposed to be a web noise. I just can't get it right. Mm. All right. (sighs) (laughs) Let's just jump straight into it. This week, we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. I'm rough, I'm Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but music, you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. Released 2017, directed by John Watts, screenplay by Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, John Watts, Christopher Ford, Christmas Ganner, Eric Summers, story by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, based on Spider-Man by Stanley and Steve Ditko, starring Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, John Favreau, Gwyneth Paltrow, Zendaya, Donald Glover, Jacob Bellalon, Laura Harrier, Tony Rivoli, uh, Bokum Woodbine, uh, Tyne Daly, Marissa Tomei, and Robert Danny Jr., uh, Peter Parker tries to stop the Vulture from selling weapons made with advanced Kachatari technology while trying oh. to balance his life as an ordinary high school student. Uh, so, obviously, this is the third live-action iteration of Spider-Man. Um, Dylan, did we need another Spider-Man, and how do you feel about this one? Uh, legally, we did need another Spider-Man, so there's the, there's the, the answer to I that I mean, question. legally, Sony did. <laughs> Le- yeah, yeah, so... Um, the, uh, here's, here's my couple, like, little tidbits about, like, watching this for the first time in, in quite a while. What, at, you know, given the way this movie starts, and you got the Chitauri, and it's, like, so heavily set up around the events of, um, Avengers, it's, re- re-watching that, and then just thinking about the thing that happened, like, a year ago, was it, like, a year ago, where Sony was like, no, nah, fuck you, give us more money, and Disney was like, I'll fucking leave! Uh, <laughs> I think it was the other way around, where Disney was like, hey, Tom we Holland want more was money. Like, Hi! Mr. Disney, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Can you solve it? Can you be business again yet, please? <laughs> um, we were watching that scene and just thinking about the fact that I was going to do it. I was like, you dumb motherfuckers. This whole universe, <laughs> this whole Spider-Man universe is literally from the opening scene built around the MCU and they're like, we'll fucking leave you. <laughs> you dumb fucks. Um, so that was my, my first little tidbit. And then my second was, uh, so obviously over the last two years I've become a uh, Zendaya is like in, in one of my favorite shows at the moment now, so I'm paying a lot more attention to to her in this. I was like, "Fuck, she really has fuck all screen time in this in this first movie." I kind of forgot how little she has in this. I like, I obviously knew she wasn't the uh, romance interest 
Yeah. I already knew that, but I really forgot how little and much of a background player she is, especially by the time we get to the, the next one, she's obviously the like co-star properly. So that was an interesting thing. Uh, other than that, though, movie, it's good shit. It's fun. It's, uh, it's you know, Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. It's, it's flies along at a good pace. I, I still think Vulture is probably top three MCU uh, movie villains. I, I think still he's rates, like, like I think he's neck and neck with Thanos for me. Really, is like yeah. up there. Like that that car scene is fucking insane. How good that is! Yeah. Like he's 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 a he's a proper villain. He's scary, but you also understand why he started doing what he he was doing, and you understand how he got to be as evil as he is because it's sort of he he gets addicted to the to the. The, the cycle of this lifestyle a bit mm. is the is the way I take it. So I, I think he's actually a really interesting and uh, well done villain one and one of the movie's best for sure. So you know I, I really enjoy the movie. Uh, you know I've, I've got my couple of nitpicks with it or whatever else, but for this is definitely the in a world where we had those two amazing Spider-Man movies, which I I still stand up for and say then everyone that thinks they shit no they, they were they were good no, they, they were good this uh, this. Jeff, definitely you get this. It's just a more competent, put-together Spider-Man movie, especially after Amazing Spider-Man 2, where they're like, we don't know who our main villain is, really, so how about we just have all the villains, and then as we're filming, we'll kind of pick well, Amazing which Spider-Man one. Amazing <laughs> was almost like... The problem with that movie was the fact that it felt like it was a building block to make Sinister Six. Well, like, but, yeah. It was very much uh, we're setting something else up here, and it was like, oh, you're trying to set something else up here. That's going to work out well for you. So we'll do our own MCU, don't make us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that one, they were not so unsure. Didn't they shoot entire scenes with uh, Shailene yeah. Woodley as MJ, and they just cut her out? And then the they, they, she's not in the movie for, and there was another actor, I can't remember who it is. There's two uh, that were just like cast and not in the movie completely, and she was one of them, so. Yeah. yeah, that movie was a mess. So a lot more competent movie, but it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, very funny. Again, I, my one sort of complaint about this movie on a rewatch, I don't know if I remember feeling this the first time watching is, is I just, I somewhat feel like Tom Holland's at times, he's like too kiddish, if that makes any sense. Like, I know like he's, he's, he's obviously supposed to be a kid, but there's parts where it just seems to, it's like peaking a microphone, if that makes sense. Like it's it sort of at times hits the, it goes from being yellow orange to like peaking into the red, like a little bit too over the top. Um, that was my like any one little specific nitpick. Points you wanna... Um, so I guess it's any of the earlier scenes in the movie where he's interacting with, um, what's his best mate's friend? Ned. With uh, Ned. Ned. Yeah. There's just a few scenes of Ned where it seems over the well, top kiddish like compared to any other character in a movie i understand that's supposed to be like well that's just him with his friends and what's supposed to be yeah. i i get that but it just on this rewatch for whatever reason i just felt like it wasn't like there wasn't really a consistency how i could see him like because there's other times where he's talking to him and he's a lot more serious or whatever and then there'll be other times where he's like seemingly a lot more over the top like, whereas ned ned is consistently at the same level if you know what i mean like he's ned is ned so i don't know anyway that's a nitpick I said. So, so just. Right, Kieran, what do you think of Homecoming? I really love Tom Holland's Spider Man and Homecoming. Um, I think I've I've said in the past that my problem I'm never I'm not a big Raimi fan, and I I was never a massive fan of the Amazing Spider Man either. But I think my my major criticism of those two movie series were, well, for Raimi, I thought they did Peter Parker okay. But I didn't think they did Spider Man very well. I didn't think he was the like the smart ass, wise talking kind of 
um, going by the seat of his pants superhero that Spider-Man is. And then, I never, I don't, I don't think they aim to do that in that movie though, because they're already no, like Tobey Maguire's too old. So yes, no, they didn't. Like, of course not. But for me, that's why it was like, oh, okay, I don't love that Spider-Man. And then Amazing Spider-Man. They did Spider-Man well. Like he's like I remember laughing at some of his jokes and like him being kind of wisecracking was good. Um, but then Andrew Garfield was like way too cool to be Spider-Man. Like his Peter Parker was like not a dweeb or a nerd or a freaking loner or an outcast really at all. He was just just yeah, he was the the cool edgy kid really. Um, but then. Homecoming is, is, and Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I think, nails both sides of it really well. Um, I do agree with your points of sometimes he's a bit too kiddy. I know it's done for laughs, but, like, the section where he's like, why does he always treat me like a kid while he's, like, bouncing on the, the bed and stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, okay, like, I get that's done for the humor and to kind of overtop point that out, but um, I think Michael Keaton is amazing. Like, Michael Keaton is so good in this movie. I think, especially... um. When you first watch this movie, there's not even that much of a hint that he is Liz's father. And so when that reveal happens, that is like the movie kind of gets flipped on its head a little bit and is done really well. Um, all of Peter and his interaction in the house and then in the car is so well done by both actors. Like it's it's kind of insane. Like I remember I always feel good. And I got it today when I was watching it with Goosebumps when... Um, you can see him slowly start piecing it together and the sinister like it was just the way um like he the way keaton says like your pal spider-man or good thing good old spider-man was there like just stuff like that was just (laughs) like it's just like tense and so well done um and vulture as a character is great he has depth in general like um I think it's. I never remember how long this movie is. Like this movie is very long in terms it's of. Not like, isn't it? It's like an hour fifty or something, isn't it? Isn't like, it two plus? Like isn't it two fifteen? Maybe 215? just two. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it is like isn't not not long in like it's really long. But just like I can't, can't remember how much there is that happens in this movie. Um, I love it opening with the Civil War connections and his vlogging of him and Happy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that actually. The, like it's, <laughs> it's done really well. Um, so the foresight of when they did Civil War, the foresight to kind of bring that in and make sure that's involved is really good. Um, so shout out to you just not filming all your your vlog stuff with your phone vertically. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think overall this spe- this Peter Parker and the Spider Man is is great for me and personally. Yeah, I really love the film as well. Uh, Tom Holland is the greatest Spider-Man. Again, Michael Keaton is amazing in this film. Like, uh, on the during the Keaton Renaissance or whatever it was, like it was coming back uh, as kind of a big deal. Um, off Birdman, yeah, I've, which is the funnier <laughs> Off Birdman, which is, is yeah, is amusing yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it was all great pieces. I love his relationship with Ned. Uh, I thought his uh, all his high school stuff was quite amusing as well. Uh, all the stuff with uh, Flash, who's an interesting take <laughs> on Flash and his debate team, whatever it was. No, yeah, it's Decathlon or something. Decathlon is pretty much debate. Kind of, yeah, um, yeah. It's all pretty good. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love the like John Hughes, obviously John Hughes influence on the film. Uh, even to the point where they flat out have, I think it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. In the actual, they're watching yep. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. 
Um, While he's doing a section that's like a copy of Ferris yeah, Bueller's from Day Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which is a great sequence, yeah. It's just so many great the, sequences. The after credit sequence is a Ferris Bueller's, uh, Bueller's Day Off Man, reference. Chris Evans. I mean, yeah. maybe that's what the deal is, that he's striking up. He's going to come back and shoot more of these ads. More the ads for high school videos or something. Yeah. So you disappeared in a blip, and now you're trying to get your life back on track. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. I know it's, what it's like to be out of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's also good how how the writing of this movie looks upon itself, just answering little questions like what happens when Spider Man has to go through a golf course or somewhere where he's got nothing to swing off, or how does like when he's like webbing up his backpack? Of course, his backpack gets stolen. Like it's, it's just like just yeah, it's New York. Like it's just a whole bunch of um, like really well kind of put together. Like looking at Spider Man and, and answering some questions that obviously fans have always had. Yeah, uh, also, and then also Donald Glover. I just want to because I forgot I nearly yes. forgot Donald Glover was in it, and he's just such a he's such a cool cat in this. <laughs> well, he's, so proud. He's like of course he's, he's cool. like man, you're bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, he plays Aaron Davis, who would eventually become the Prowler. Well, or the, is the Prowler? Or he is he the Prowler, is the Prowler because when he scans, when they do like the, because I paused at this moment because I wanted to read that information. It says Alias is the Prowler. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. But one little reference to Miles. Oh, my cousin, or uh, yeah, my, nephew, my uh, nephew. Yeah, nephew. My sorry, yeah. nephew lives in this neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it was trying to get uh, the thing he was interested in was uh, climbing boots or something. So. Yes. Yep. So, yeah. Do you, do you think we ever get? I hope so. Prowler? I think. I think, we, I think as soon as we get Miles, we get Prowler. See, like, th- this I is think. the thing, because obviously Miles was based on Donald Glover, so then everyone was always like, um, "Oh, you should play the live action one." But he's too old now to play yeah, uh, Miles Morales. <laughs> so having him actually play, having him play Aaron Davis is, you know, it's, it's close. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect casting. So. If he doesn't come back in that role, and f- I guess a couple of years ago you may be like, "Oh, could be, could you do a Miles Morales movie while you're doing Peter Parker stories or something like that?" And I feel like you could just look at the video games to prove people are more than happy to go. Yes, I'll have all the Spider-Man stuff, you know. So, well, I think it's it's interesting because I don't know if you could do it in the MCU right now. Maybe another five years. No, Peter's a little bit older. Because obviously that age dynamic is the thing that's kind of interesting. But Miles is always super young. Like, Miles is always, like... I guess it would be a weirder age dynamic that he'd be, like, 12, 13. Well, here's a question I have about the blip. When people come back, are they actually five years older? Because Peter... No, they they left at the same age that they came back at. Yeah, so that's that's like... That's why in Far From Home, that kid... Ah, yeah, so Miles yeah, could yeah. potentially be older than him now. Yeah. And well, they'd they'd also have, got I'd have to make sure he got blipped as well to, to keep it in line. Yeah. One of the um, interesting things they... I guess with the, I've never really thought about it until I was watching today was, of course, because they skip over his origin quite a lot in yeah. this. Um, there's never the explanation about where the spider comes from for him. So I'm guessing... When they eventually look into that story of where does that spider come from or what actually happened with that, I feel like yeah. that'll be the lead in story for Miles yeah, to be coming in that makes and sense. get his powers. Yeah. 
Tiffany. You know what I would pitch, actually, since we're on the, the topic quickly? Mm-hmm. This TV show that I've wanted for a long time about the the blip and the effects on people. Let me, let me pitch another angle at that. You make a Miles Morales movie where the, the key setup is focusing on a family dynamic dealing with the blip and, like, ha- having actually... You know, like a, a, like seeing a normal family, and then he obviously intertwine his origin story to that. But that that would be my, you know, because obviously you know on the grounds, normal family just living somewhere. Let's let's say, uh, let's say his mom like lived the entire five years or something like that. You know, like and he blipped out or something like that. And then you could do an entire movie where it's like, how does a how do people actually deal with that? Because still for years, ever since Infinity War and Endgame, I'm still just like, it's I know we're getting a lot one year. Oh, it feels like it's been many years to be honest. But um, you know, like that's <laughs> that's, that's I still just want to see that year was twenty twenty. So <laughs> yeah, I still and I know without spoilers, obviously we're getting some of this in Wonder Vision to to a small degree. We have recently. Yeah. Um, you should listen to our Wonder Vision episodes on the podcast feed if you aren't already. But I still want more of that story, and it's like you could you could fit that kind of story in perfectly with Miles and make it part of his origin story. So yeah, well, definitely considering as well with um, like that's a good way of having um. Aaron have become the prowler because there's five years of during the blip where he probably took advantage of people not being in their homes or That's a good point. Yeah. It would be like what what were what was the world like in that, you know, sort of crazy crazy space? What was crime rampant? Was there less crime? You know, like there's all these interesting directions you can actually take that five year period. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, we'll move into building the MCU. Um, not many new additions to the cast. I guess a lot of the kids in the film are actually original characters. Uh, although Michelle is based on Mary Jane, she isn't technically Mary Jane. Uh, but obviously we all really like Zendaya. Uh, obviously she gets a bigger role in the second film, and uh, but she's pretty solid in this. You know, as a sarcastic outsider, I guess. Is she not just Mary Jane though? Like I know, I know it's like oh, no, but she's, she's Michelle. Yeah, but in the second movie, she's just credited as MJ for the entire time. So yeah, but, but they just said it's not. It's a homage to Mary Jane, not specifically okay. based on. Yeah, but I mean, when you still say that's like the introduction of this universe's version of MJ, though, you know what I mean? No, no, it's not really a new character. It's like no, because even on... though there's different universes, they're still the same character and different in each universe. I'm gonna say it's not. Because yeah. I didn't look up the facts. You're the boss. <laughs> uh, but we've got Marissa Tomei as May Parker. We didn't mention her during the Civil War episode, but she debuted in Amazing Fantasy number 15, August 1962, created by Stanley and Steve Gitko. Uh, I really enjoy her in the film. Uh, it's, it is, though, kind of weird to have a much younger Aunt May. They do try and make her look a lot older in this movie than they did in Civil War. Because she just wears like the the kind of larger glasses uh, mm. a lot of the time, and I feel like there is an attempt to make her seem a bit more older um, for Peter herself. I really like the idea of having a young May. I think she's not even young though. That's the thing. Though. No, Everyone's she's like, not. She's like um, like she's like, like forty, fifty ish. Yeah. You know, in between that bracket, yeah. like without but even looking not- up how old Marissa Tomei is. That's like how I'd guess yeah. the age of the character was. But like you know, we all picture compared to May the as old white-haired woman um, yeah from the comics and uh yeah. from obviously the yeah, first but, two film series yeah but my, my point being that it, it's not an unrealistic age for someone's auntie to be no at that at that at the age that peter is in the movie you know like so i've 
I like it. I, th- I think it helps have a younger one because it means that it, the relationship between her and P- Peter is a lot different than the older auntie figure, which is just more of the straight up um, grandmotherish grandmother, like fully like playing that mother role, like warm, loving character. There's really not much um, room for uh, comedy or like you know playing off each other that way. Whereas with Marissa Tomei, you get these funnier scenes throughout the the movies, and they 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 get a bit more hip with it. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then we've got Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds, uh, who that character debuted in Amazing Spider-Man number 18, November 1964, created by Stan Lee and Steve Gitko. Obviously, this iteration is very much a hybrid of uh, that character, but is very much uh, based on, I feel like it takes a lot of uh, elements of the Zanke character from the Miles Morales run, who we all met. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We all met in Spider-Man, Miles Morales, or well, most of us did the video game. I think so. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's really this hip, the, hip, the, them having this character is actually really nice and somewhat refreshing, though, for this movie. In terms of in the Raimi trilogy, of course, he has his friendship is mainly with Mary Jane and Harry and Harry Osborn. And uh, I can't even remember him having any other friends in Amazing Spider-Man uh, other than Gwen. Like I can't remember any other characters being involved with Peter whatsoever. He doesn't have so. any other friends. I think that's so, I think that's literally That's it. part of his character though. Yeah, he's a loner. Mm, anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> um But so I think it's really nice that Peter A has this friend to play off that he has shared his secret with, even though it's, you know, not within his control that he does. Um and I think it's done really well. I think he has a lot of fun in the role. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, being the guy in the guy in the chair, hacking the suit, all kinds of shenanigans. In what world, though, when a teacher catches you in the computer science room during do prom, you, do you, during prom, is your excuse you're watching porn? Like, <laughs> how is I, that the best possible solution? I think it's supposed to be. It's just supposed to be a funny. Like, what is I'm doing something so bad? So what's the like? Yeah. What's the slightly worse bad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Stanley sighting. Lee appears as an annoyed neighbor named Gary, who, after witnessing Spider-Man mistakenly accosting an innocent civilian, says to him, Don't make me count them down there, you punk. His neighbor Marjorie greets him, asking about his welfare, while he does the same to her, asking about her mother. Uh, plays better in the actual film. <laughs> In that long description, yeah, come. It's just hard coming off that Guardians cameo, and yeah. you do feel like this is another <laughs> one you feel was probably one of the ones shot by um, James Gunn. James Gunn. Yeah. We shot like four. It, yeah, like it, it doesn't feel like when we talk about Thor's next week. I think Thor's is a bit different. Like if Thor's feels a lot more personalized to that show, movie, mm. uh, but this one kind of does feel a little bit throwaway, and it's just been yeah. inserted here. All right, and that's been your Stanley sighting for this week. Uh, Kieran, what's the most marvelous moment for Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, it is the moment where Peter is trapped underneath all of the rubble. Uh, <laughs> Ashley's like, God damn it, yeah. that was my moment. That, that was, <laughs> I yeah. was going um, to pick it as well. So I think, I, think, the, I think this is the first week all three of us were just going to yeah, pick the same. Moment, I, think so. his, um, <laughs> I think Tom Holland's performance, this is the height of his performance in this movie, is his 
um, gritting through this and even just saying, come on, Spider-Man, um, is like, you can feel the pain in him. You can feel the, all the frustration and everything pent up inside of him where he's just trying to will himself through the situation. I think it's a very pivotal moment in several comic book series for Spider-Man. And I think it's done so well in this movie. All right. Dylan, what's the second most marvelous moment? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't know um when iron man pieces that boat together that's pretty good I'm got, I'm at, uh, uh, that's like a half sarcastic half real answer because it is an important moment um it's, pre- it's one of the uh, pretty epic scene uh, but also important for peter as a character i guess so yeah I'll, I'll adding on to that scene i love holland's performance when he's like if you really care you'd be here and he like comes out, steps out of the suit, and like he's like, "Oh shit!" Like, I think <laughs> takes like, a think- step back. He's like, well, "Don't, bro, don't hit me, bro, don't hit me." <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, and just yeah, again, Tom Holland's performance during that is complete, becoming a kid again. Uh, you know, I haven't got any other clothes. Mm. Gets uh, a oversized tourist shirt, shirt or something yeah. off the street. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Uh, I think I'll go the Washington Monument set piece. Yeah, that's pretty good. Saving them in the elevator. Uh, saving the day. Flash, need to save that trophy first. Fucking Flash, man. Such a good, such a good interpretation <laughs> of the character uh, in this one. <laughs> Can I say, I didn't think about this. Flash, though, at the end of this movie, Spider-Man trashes Flash's car. Yeah. But then when we get to, like, the next movie, Flash is, like, the biggest Spider-Man fanboy out of everybody. It's like, what? Shouldn't you be annoyed because he trashed your car? Uh, I don't remember that. Is that a, did I explain that? I don't, we'll find out I soon. I don't think so. I don't think it's commented on. No. We'll find out in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. How do, we, how do we feel about the climax of the film? I don't know. Obviously, it's hard to sell a giant aeroplane that's invisible crashing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, um, I don't i think i don't think that's one of the weaker parts of the movie in my opinion i think it's the we- it is easily the weakest action scene in the whole movie it's just it's not very exciting um at all from start to finish and well you put uh, spider-man in a position where he honestly majority of his powers are kind of completely useless they're however many thousands of feet in the air he's got his like kind of old school pajama um suit on so all these like it's so for him it's like he can't really do much in the situation i would have loved to have seen him just have a fight on on and around the blip while it was flying or the ship while it was flying just running around yeah yeah, but Spider-Man can, like, jump off and, like, swing and launch himself back up or, you know, sh- shit like that. But like, I guess the- Tombs can't do, like, Vulture can't do much in there. Like, he's not really a... You can swoop at Spider-Man, fly around, punch him, I don't you know. You gotta remember that plane's still going several hundred kilometers per an hour. And the Vulture suit's quite large. I don't think he could fly the Vulture suit inside the plane. No, I mean on top of the plane. Is what oh, I'm on thinking. top of the plane. Because then you could have had lots of cool shots of them fighting, and then you kept seeing, um, you know, how that that one cool shot where Spider Man's like climbing underneath and it like takes over because the mirror of the ship yes. or whatever it starts yeah. reflecting it. So I, I just imagine it would have been cool to have a fight on top uh, for a little bit where you keep seeing like the reflections as they're fighting, bouncing around and stuff like that. I don't mean the tie thing. Obviously, you still bring it crashing down, but like I, I like I, the I just, stuff on the beach. I don't know. 
I like the stuff on the beach. I like how that finishes and he um, spares him, like in traditional Spider-Man ways. But yeah. um, the bond that that builds to between Vulture and Spider-Man in a way is extremely interesting going forward. Um, I hope there's you know another Spider-Man movie down the line where Keaton reprises the role and they have they build further on the dynamic that they've built up in this one movie because I think it's done very well. Well, assuming Sony's going to try and do that Sinister Six movie down the line, so yeah. You're not, you're not uh, introducing uh, Mark Romando in your in part of the MCU. What the see the Scorpion? Yeah, Scorpion, whatever. Yeah, the character names. I guess. How rude! Nobody remembers. He hasn't appeared again, so. You know why I remember it, Ash, every time he shows up and I think about him often? It's because he's one of the main cast members of the best show, TV show going around at the moment called Better Call Saul. Uh, <laughs> never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> I guess the other thing is, how do we feel How do we feel now seeing, again, the Tony Stark-Spider-Man relationship uh, building during this film, uh, especially knowing what's coming? Was It, it was kind of bittersweet, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, I still yeah, loved I, it. They always do a but, good job. Yeah, like I still loved it, and even with the understanding what happens between the two of them going forward, I think it is. In many ways, it makes us even better because Peter's one of the things that Tony didn't fuck up. Like he, he like, and it's not completely in his control, and it is because Peter Parker is Peter Parker. But I think P- having Peter in Tony's life makes Tony a better character overall. Mm. We can tell Peter looks up to Tony, like legit sort of father figure. And um, you can tell, and that grows throughout the movies, obviously. You can tell Tony cares about Peter as well because, you know, we see at the start of the movie or through the other stage of the movie, Peter is like eternally messaging Happy and trying to call Happy. And Happy isn't having anything, but Tony always knows. Tony's always aware. When Peter tries to say he's at band practice, Tony knows that he quit band practice a couple of weeks ago because Happy let him know. Like, like Tony is obviously keeping tabs on Spider-Man. Maybe he's not doing it in the way. Do you reckon that- he, Happy's letting him know, or Tony's hacked Happy's? Just, just reading the messages he sends anyway, or something like that. <laughs> Shout out to John Favreau, by the way. This, yeah, uh, so good. He's very good. <laughs> yeah, very happy. Happy gets an extended role. Right. Yeah, it's, it's 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 good. Um. Oh, my other shout out I just remembered was I did not realize until this watch that um, Suit Lady, whatever, he's the suit voice is played Karen. by Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, which is a nice <laughs> touch. Yeah, I was like, uh, I didn't. Obviously, I, I, yeah, I obviously like, those who don't know, the wife of Paul Bettany, <laughs> uh, unfortunately named Karen. That was a bad choice. Uh, yeah. That was his fault. <laughs> what should we name uh, him? Karen. Hey, suit lady. Just should should have kept that suit lady. Suit lady is very good. <laughs> yeah. We don't really get to see any of those features in the second film. Are, the, are those features cut? I think he just knows better by now. It's like, why does the suit have a <laughs> fucking insta kill mode? She's not in the next film. She she doesn't appear in the next film. She does, doesn't she? Um, she does. She does because she does like, and they have like the instant kill moment. She has like the instant kill moment in okay. Infinity War and stuff like that, where that finally pans out after being set up so many times in this okay maybe i'm mistaken yeah find out soon find out soon when we revisit uh spider-man in spider-man far from home 
Uh, comic strip recommendation for this episode. I got Spidey Volume 1, first day, uh, written by Robbie Thomas, uh, Robbie Thompson, uh, penciled by Andrade Lima Araggio, uh, and Nick Bradshaw. Uh, this is a more recent retelling of, like, Spider-Man Adventures, uh, from 2015, 2016. Uh, whereas most of the comics, uh, have got Peter Parker, like, after college and that kind of stuff. Uh, this one is set during high school, so it's just, like, a bunch of one-shots. Uh, you know, telling his life in high school. I thought it was, uh, quite charming and amusing and, you know. Uh, it's not mind-blowingly good or anything, I don't think. I've only read, like, two, three issues. Uh, but, you know, each one he faces, like, a different villain. Like, the first one he fights, uh... I can't remember who fights either. the first one. <laughs> second one's Sandman. It, I think. Second one's uh, Sandman. Fights, no, first one's Rhino. That's right. Yeah, That's Rhino. It. And then it's Sandman. And then it's like and then, someone yeah. bigger, like Goblin. Or, I don't remember. Uh, Lizard. 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 Yeah, there yeah. we go. I knew it was green. <laughs> you just got confused because of the green goblet in the Mars Morales movie. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, yeah. I thought these were I thought these were good. These are just entertaining one shots for the most part. There is like slight uh, connective tissue, but for the most part, it's just sort of villain of the of the week each one, I guess. And uh, I guess outside was that good. And uh, yeah, f- just easy reads, easy easy Spider Man. Yeah, I got the same vibes as watching the animated series, like that kind of similar thing of having these one shot moments, and I thought it worked really well. And, and I think Spider Man has my favorite. Uh, villains gallery like um, I think it's like he has some of the best villains in comic books in general um, so I think it, this is done really well and it kind of having that vi- villains gallery helps make sure every volume doesn't always feel like in one's like missing anything really yeah alright uh, well that brings us to the end of this episode of all new Marvel cast uh, let us know what you thought of Spider-Man Homecoming or of Spidey Volume 1 first day uh, by going to Twitter. You can find us all on Twitter by going to explosion.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of the MCU Rewatch, we'll be discussing Thor Ragnarok. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Thank you.